What's up, guys? It's Mark LaBelle from Dirty Honey, and you're listening to Appetite for Distortion. You know where they are. is Appetite for Distortion. Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 339. My name is Brando. Welcome back to the podcast, Mr. Mark LaBelle. How are you, sir? Hanging in there in beautiful Columbus, Ohio today. Okay. Just uh, enjoying a rather gloomy day, but it's actually kind of nice out. So You're on the road, obviously. Did you play last night? What was uh, the most recent show with you and Wolfgang? We had a night off last night in Chicago, um, and then we played Chicago the night before last. So um, that, was, that was a pretty good one for sure. All right. I'm, I'm a new... It's tough. Uh, Kansas City's been the best crowd so far. I got to stay. I'm pretty... Pretty pumped about Kansas City these days. Oh, okay. I have yet to go to Kansas City. I made I, I haven't made my way down there. But Chicago, I'm, I've started to visit because my fiance, she's from Chicago. Uh, how was the show there? Like, did you? Um... Chicago is really good. It's always like it's always tough after you have like an amazing crowd to go anywhere else and and accurately judge it. You know, unbiasedly. You know from the crowd you had the night before or whatever, but, um, Chicago's always really good. That's, that's like a, a really good city for us, especially. So, um, you know, it's fun and it's a great town. I love Chicago. So, uh, you know, we had a blast. We stayed there for the day off and then came in here late last night and getting ready to see what Columbus has to offer. Cause we haven't played here in a while. So it just sounds like the uh, Young Guns tour is going on, going really smooth right now. No, uh, yeah, it no is. Issues. It is. Tonight's sold out, so um, you know we're obviously looking forward to that. And obviously, Columbus is a great rock and roll town too, so uh, should be a good one. Okay, okay. There's another state I wanted you to talk about uh, because it's where you did the, and this is what I didn't have a chance to talk to you last time, and that's mm-hmm. Minnesota, and that's where you did the All Star yeah. game. You know, the when you yeah. played. Prince's uh, "Let's Go Crazy" or "Go Crazy." Just can you tell me about that that experience? Because uh, we were talking a little bit off the air, and my listeners know. Yeah, it's a GNR themed podcast, but I talk about hockey any chance that I get. I love hockey. <laughs> me too. I haven't been to an outside uh, an outdoor game yet, so tell me about that whole experience. Yeah, so we actually we didn't do it at the the Winter Classic. You know, at the actual game, we went to. The game was in Minneapolis and we actually filmed in Duluth like two weeks before um, on this frozen lake. It was freezing. It was uh, uh, unbearably cold, um, even even for an upstate New Yorker like myself. But uh, we had a blast. Uh, TNT reached out to us. Maybe we do something, you know, a little ode to Prince for the game. And, you know, once we figured out musically how to make the song somewhat our own, um, you know, put our own little spin on it. We, we thought it was a cool thing to do. So that's actually, that song is becoming like a highlight of the live show for whatever reason. It's just a really good live riff. It's got good feel and, you know, people are obviously familiar with a a very famous song. So it's, uh, 
it's it's been definitely a shining light in the live set so but you do it different it's not like i'm hearing just a, a band play go crazy i'm hearing yeah we definitely funny. do it more rock and roll for sure it was a rocking song to begin with, but with your voice, I mean, I don't know. Sometimes if you do it different than the artist, or especially Prince, it's just like, whoa, what is this? But I'm just, I found myself trapped and enthralled in. I'm like, wow, this, if I didn't know it was a Prince song, it would just sound like you, like an organic Dirty Honey Totally. Song. And that's what you want to do, you know, anytime you, you tackle a cover. Um, I kind of feel like we didn't do that with Last Child because it's kind of already in our, our wheelhouse, um, the Aerosmith song. So, you know, to tackle something else and put your own spin on it was, was something that, you know, if we were going to do it, we wanted to do it in that way and have a unique version of it out there instead of just doing the, the more pop sound that Prince, you know, recorded what, 30, 40 years ago. Um, you know, so once we, once we got our hooks in on that, like heavy, the heaviness of the riff, uh, that's where it all kind of took off. Yeah. So where upstate are you from? Because I'm a New Yorker, but I'm basically, you know, tri-state, Long Island, Brooklyn, I'm Queens now. But yeah. I know upstate is a different world. So where are you from? Yeah, yeah, no. No, I'm from Albany. So I, I grew up, um, you know, like two and a half hours north of the city. And, uh, you know, that's that's where I fell in love with music, obviously, going to shows at SPAC in Saratoga. And at, SPAC. it was called the Pepsi Arena at the time. Um I think it's called something else now, but yeah, that's, that's where it all began. So how come you're not a uh, Sabres fan or, you know, a Canadian, <laughs> like, so like, I'm a little confused cause you're wearing a Penguins, you know, beanie right yeah. now. So where does your allegiance lie? Well, so I'm, I'm truthfully way closer to Long Island and New York and Montreal and Boston for that matter. Um, than I would be to Buffalo, but, uh, okay. Yeah. I grew up playing hockey. I was a goalie and, uh, you know, I loved, I just loved the gear. You always love the gear. So like my, you know, my dad painted my first goalie helmet as like Marty Brodeur's flame. Like he, he did it himself. He did like the flames up the side of the, the helmet. And it was our youth hockey logo on top, um, in the middle. And it was really cool, but I fell in love with, uh, like Tom Barrasso at a, super young age. I just loved his helmet. He had like a penguin on the helmet and that's what I gravitated towards and started collecting. And, uh, I've loved the penguins ever since they had a lot of dark years there though. <laughs> yeah. Going through like the nineties and the two thousands. You're talking to an Islanders fan. They haven't won a cup since <laughs> yeah, I was sure. born. You guys, have had some, you guys have had some dark years. Yeah. I thought we were going to be good. Uh, the last couple of years, they were close I to the know. finals. And then this year, I mean, we beat the Rangers as we were recording this last night. We beat the Rangers last night. So that's usually our victory every year is just beating yeah. the Rangers. Uh, you know, it's just because like, I can't help it because I love hockey. And I'm really curious when you were young, because I, I always like to talk about how you how a person becomes, you know, the, the path that they're on. So was there ever yeah. a chance that you wanted to be a hockey player? Cause you started like real young too, at like five. If I read that right. I started, I started skating uh, when I was like, I think when I was two, cause my older brother wow. played, um, but I, I played goalie and I'm not a very big guy. I'm, I'm only like five, eight, five, nine on a good day. And uh, yeah. So lacrosse was actually the, the sport I played um, with any sort of seriousness. Also Long Island, obviously all my friends are from Long Island and stuff. Um, but then, yeah, once I, once I moved to LA and 
I was playing in like some pickup lacrosse games and stuff and some pickup hockey games and just lacrosse isn't a very fun sport to play with people that don't really know what they're doing, you know, especially as an attack man with guys whacking you with a, a big pole. Like it's, it wasn't fun at all. And, you know, the good ones are more like positional, positionally sound and like only really like hit you if like they see an opportunity to get the ball and then bad players are trying to hurt you, you know, um, which wasn't fun. So then I started playing hockey a lot more when I moved to LA and, man, it's been, I met my manager that way, playing hockey. I've met so many great like film and music and TV industry people. Like it's it literally has blown my mind. The opportunities like I've had from playing hockey in LA. It's crazy. I love that. And is that how the, yeah. the all-star game came about? Because it's out of all the bands, like they got it right. <clears throat> Here's the thing. They got it right with you. Cause sometimes an all-star game. Yeah. We'll hire <clears throat> Machine Gun Kelly, and it's just like fans are just like, why, why? I know that kind of felt that kind of felt flat. I saw that um, thing. It's just yeah, it doesn't quite fit. But uh, I think what was happening was the the producer from TNT was he's a big hockey fan, and obviously being the guy that runs you know the production stuff for the NHL on TNT, he listens to like these podcasts that we kept coming up on and he told us he'd been a fan for a really long time anyway. And then we kept coming up like in his immediate consciousness, you know, on these podcasts and he was like, we got to do something with those guys. So when the opportunity presented itself, he was like, do you guys want to do this Prince thing? Um, I think it could be cool, you know? And we were like, yeah, let's do it. That's cool. Did you get to go to the game after? I know you were out on the pond. I didn't go to that one. I've been to a couple of the outdoor events. I went to, I went to the one in Pittsburgh, um, a while back, man, that was maybe like eight or nine years ago. I went to one in Chicago. I've been to one in Boston. Um, I've been, I've been to quite a few of them. Yeah. They're pretty cool. Right on. Now we just got to get is your next goal in life to have, um, you know, whether I'm trying to, who's the goalie for the uh, penguins now? I, I was almost said a flurry, but it's not uh, Tristan Jari. Tristan Jari. Yeah, that's right. So is no, it, I have a, I have a goalie that you're probably not too fond of. Um, possibly joining us in new york to, to come play so we'll see we'll see if he does or not it could i guess would you say that if i guessed is it, i think you probably know who it is is it henrik lundquist is it lundquist it could be it could be, it could be. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna he's you know you know what he's handsome he's a good man he's like i you know what there's always like a uh <laughs> as like a yankees fan i know I, I don't know why that's the first thing that i said you know my fiance she's right <laughs> well he there. is handsome you know what? He, I'm glad he didn't win uh, a cup. I can't, I hate to say that as an Islander fan, but he deserved to win yeah. one. If that makes sense. Like he's just an all time great. So, you know, I, yeah, he definitely did. And, uh, he's a good buddy and he's been nothing but supportive, like even way before we had anything going on. So, uh, and I saw, know, I, I we'll saw him play guitar that right on. Very cool. All right. So maybe I'll like, yeah. I'll become more of a fan. He now can play. He's retired. Okay. Hanky, Hank can play. That's for sure. <laughs> growing up then because see it's here's the interesting crossroads okay here's an athlete <clears throat> that wants to be the rock star and you're the rock star yeah. I mean, you were i mean an athlete younger so i mean did you always know that you wanted to sing and, and, and be in a band or did you ever hockey might have been maybe even you were, you were better at lacrosse you can be pro in lacrosse but did you ever want to be an athlete as well did, did that ever yeah know? for sure i mean i was <clears throat> i just um a pro athlete i guess 
yeah, no, I don't know if that would have been in the cards for me ever. Um, it's just making the transition from like goalie to skating out. Uh, when I did probably put, put the kibosh in any sort of uh, possibility for that. But at the same time though, like music was always, um, a passion, even if like it was hockey season or football season or cross season, I was always in bands rehearsing and like playing at school functions and, you know, always playing guitar. That was always a thing for me. It was, I always had electric guitars, you know, I would play like right before I would leave to go to whatever game that was always like a way to get in the zone. So, um, you know, music and sports go hand in hand, especially like hockey and rock and roll for whatever reason are, they're just, they're right there with each other. They just, it's that arena rock thing, you know, it just works in that atmosphere. And, um, you know, I go to games all the time. I'll probably go to a game tomorrow. For sure. going to hear Guns N' Roses. I'm going to hear Joker and the Thief. I'm going to hear Metallica. I'm going to hear Aerosmith. I'm going to hear ACDC. Like they'll all be there, especially here in Columbus. I'm sure. You're right. And I guess it's a nice, uh, organic segue into, and you can, say whatever you want to or don't want to say because you're just a nice guy and I'm not looking for anything clickbait <laughs> per se. But when you have all these bands that are played in the arena, a lot of them are rock. I know they're not all rock. But then you'll have, and I mentioned before, he's obviously very popular. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly played the NHL and the NBA. And it's just, you, the, the, you just I don't know. I'm seeing what's on social media. It may not be what everyone sees. Obviously, again, he's, he's very successful. How do you feel about somebody or even like a Miley Cyrus, who's very successful, go into this rock world now where you, we've been talking about, you've been doing it since you were little. You've been, you know, I can't play, but I've been, you know, listening to rock and, and that's been my passion since I, music became part of my life. So it may be silly. Is it kind of like a, a possessive? No, this was mine first. You know, almost like yeah. a, an ownership of rock and roll. Or do you even not care? It's like whoever wants to play whatever, it's not a big deal. You know, uh, it's tough because I, you know, to your point, yeah, I did feel possessive, especially about um, an artist like Chris Cornell and Soundgarden and everything. And, you know, I went to the Chris Cornell tribute at the forum a few years back and they're like, here's Miley Cyrus. She's going to sing uh, Say Hello to Heaven with us. And everybody was like, what the fuck? This is whack, you know? And then she comes out and kills it. And you're like, damn, like, yeah, she just earned my respect for sure. And like, I do feel a genuity in like her passion for rock and roll. Like I know, she, I know she loves Joan Jett. I mean, she literally like tries to look like Joan Jett now. Um, you know, so that can't come from a, like a bad place. Um, and you know, she's been famous her entire life. Like, I don't know if she's really, she might just be discovering some of this stuff now. I don't, mm. I don't know what she's been exposed to. You know, she's mm. probably been, you know, I grew up, I didn't grow up, but like I've been around film sets with, you know, kids and like they are very, they are very sheltered. They're not like a part of the real, what I would call the real world where you like go to a normal school and like have friends and get exposed to stuff organically. They're like around adults all the time and like going to school on set. And that was probably her life for most of her childhood. Um, so she could be like on this new discovery path and that's cool. Machine Gun Kelly, like, I don't know. The music's not for me. I don't care if you like it. 
go enjoy it. But yeah, it's, that's never going to be for me. The guy like literally can't even play a guitar. It's a joke, <laughs> but he's got, he's got Travis Barker behind him. So he's doing something right. Travis is, uh, I think he works on, I mean, you could probably collaborate with him tomorrow if you wanted. It seems like he's just collaborating with everybody. He's mo- he's moving around. Yeah, no, I, I don't mean to like shit on him at all, but yeah, it's, it's music is what it is. I don't know. It's not, it's not my cup of tea. It's just cause it's interesting. Um, my age, I don't I think we're around the same. I'm, I'm 38. And, you know, a lot of the prime of my high school were these pop punk bands. And I loved a lot of them. You know, Newfound Glory yeah. and M- MXPX and going back further into what punk was. And it's just very strange to see that all of a sudden this pop punk make a revival, seeing Willow Smith, you know. And it's like I, I was made fun of for liking this stuff, going to Hot Topic before. And I guess yeah. the way I think about it, to piggyback what we were just talking about, it's like, you know, we put in this kind of time into it almost. Uh, and then all of a sudden now it's like people are almost running with uh, this thing that wasn't cool. And I don't know. I guess we're all, as rock fans, we want that almost to be the most popular thing. Like that's what we said the same thing every Super Bowl. Like why isn't a rock band playing? So it's just always, I don't know, strange of who gets in, into the forefront of rock when there's so many bands like, Dirty Honey and Wolfgang Van Halen, you know, or Mammoth WVH, I should say. It's like they're not going to get the same kind of uh, press as uh, Machine Gun Kelly based on what? I guess that's kind of what I mean, to summarize it. It's like, why? Because uh, Yeah, because he's, da- he's it's because of who he's dating. That, like, who he, who he dates makes them more marketable. It's, it's, that's just the way the world is. Like, I mean the world was interested in like Jim Carrey and Jenny McCarthy when they were dating the world is interested in what's his name? Uh, Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian. Like it's, it's got nothing to do with their work or their art. It's like, they're a viable commodity for like magazines, like people or something because they're the, like some of these two people being together is more interesting than them doing anything on their own. Apparently. I don't know. I don't really care about that. You know, but I'm definitely aware that Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox are dating. It's like all you see everywhere on like social media and stuff. It's like, what? Well, I don't care. You know, it's more of just when I see it at a the grand scheme of things. And again, Dirty Honey on tour with Wolfgang Van Halen and just how great you guys are. And you've been around for a few years now. And it's you'll see the revival of rock from these bands. And I'm just like, they're not really rock. So it's just. It's, it's, yeah, it's, I wouldn't consider I wouldn't consider uh, that what he's doing like rock and roll at all. You know, I think he's more experimenting in the in the genre and he's having success with it. And uh, you know, more power to him. Like he, you know, I think it was who was the guy? Um, oh God, totally drawn a blank from uh, Slipknot. Corey Taylor was what he was kind of throwing shade at him for like jumping genres. You know. Um, it seems like it's, it's easier to do that these days because it's easier to make music if it's not like really soulful, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can fake playing guitar. Clearly you can, you can call Travis Barker to be on a session and he doesn't even have to come to the same studio that you're at. He can just track drums from his house in LA or whatever I would imagine, you know, you can, you can create a beat and like have a hit rap song in 10 minutes if you want to, um, you know, you can experiment that way with, with technology now. So it's not so much of a jump, but, uh, 
you know, he's bringing, uh, he's bringing some awareness to the genre. That's cool. That's for sure. But, um, you know, like I said, music's definitely not my, my cup of tea. Well, I'm glad that you are rooted in such this classic rock and roll sound of bringing you back fresh. Yeah, to, you know, to, be, to be fair to him, there's not much, uh, you know, contemporary music that really is my cup of tea. So it's no, uh, it's, it's no, uh, fault of his. It's just a sign of the times, I guess. I I'm more interested in something that like Harry Styles is doing than, than any of the mm. like rock stuff. You know, I'm a big, uh, I love what he's doing. I think it's fucking cool. He's like doing stuff with a purpose and he's like helping people come out, you know, of the closet at his shows. Like, that's cool to me. Mm. I like, I'm all for that shit. You're like, you're actually like creating art and doing stuff that's changing people's lives in a good way. So that's cool. Right on, right on. And I think some would say the same thing about you, Mark LaBelle. Some would say that. <laughs> I hope so. We'll see. I mean, I don't know what I've done uh, in that way, but uh, you know, I'd be more than happy to help if I could. Well, if anything, just to completely shift gears, because we, I think it wasn't released last time we spoke. It was your the latest video, another last time, and it's just a really cool watch. It's like a movie. It really is a mini movie that's just shot so well. Can you talk about that experience? Because it was just a certain amount of takes. I'm reading it was a super long day. Everything had to be timed exactly right. You know, can yeah. You- yeah, it was, uh, we had this one shot like uh, philosophy that we were going into um, the shoot with. And we were trying to, you know, do this one continuous steady cam move throughout this motel and tell these, you know, four stories of addiction that are happening in real time at a motel room. Um, and yeah, it was quite, quite the undertaking took a lot of rehearsal, um, obviously. And, you know, once you get there and you start going through the camera movements and seeing it play out, like on the, the monitor and, and realizing that this is actually doable, you just have to nail it. Um, it's a lot like getting a, a proper take of a song, you know, instead of, um, instead of like cutting it together with a thousand different pieces, you know? Okay. Because uh, watching it, I rewatched it today, and of course, with me and the podcast, there were certain scenes that made me think of certain Guns N' Roses videos, you know, uh, certain like outside, might have, I think it was the Estranged video where they're outside the gun shop, just in just like uh, hotels. Mm. So there's my terrible trend. There was, I got some good segues during this conversation. There's my first <laughs> yeah. one. Uh, because we just, sorry for spending so much time on uh, MJK, as the kids say. Um well, I, we spoke like, we spoke about last time, like how Slash influenced you, like or what you learned rather uh, touring with mm. them as a younger band. Um, but we didn't talk about Guns N' Roses at all. The, the shows that you did in in Las Vegas. Can you talk about yeah. that experience opening for for GNR? It was, I mean, it was awesome. Like that's, that's obviously a huge look and great experience. But um, you know, for me, I, I've always been. I mean, Vegas was tough because. At a casino, truthfully, like the casino doesn't want people, and they're watching the opening band. They want people out on the casino floor losing their money. Um, so you know you're kind of playing like a quarter full like arena at the casino. So it wasn't the greatest vibe, um, but you still get that like sense of what it would be like for it to be full. You know, and by the end of it, maybe like your last song, it's it's pretty full, and people are like appreciating what you're doing. Um, that's always cool, but yeah, I mean, that was, it was an incredible experience. I got to like meet Axel backstage and like talk to him for like 20 minutes. It was, it was unreal. 
but uh, that was like once in a lifetime for sure. And, um, um, you know, of course, what stays, it's a conversation between two people that's private, but is there anything that you could tell us, you know, maybe what you spoke about talking to Axel, what that was? Uh, just, we were just, we were just bullshitting. I mean, um, talking about fucking Netflix and, you know, music and, um, just a bunch of random stuff, how the show went. He like, you know, he was talking about his experience that night and asked me about mine, of course. And, uh, you know, just random, random stuff. And then it, I just kind of felt like, you know, I, I don't, I'm always conscious of taking up somebody like that famous, their time. Like, I don't want to be a burden on their time. So I, I, uh, you know, pick, pick my exit, um, before I overstay my welcome, you know? Look at that. You know, the welcome to my world. I try to do that, you know, with my terrible segues and transitions, not take up too much. Of the time. <laughs> uh, so that's why, um, I'm just curious. I can't let this go. When you talk about Netflix, yeah. what, what, what's the Netflix conversation? Is you binge watching something? Are you like, what do you, uh, what did you bond over? Like catching up Better Call Saul or? Uh, Peaky Blinders, um, The Sopranos, we were talking about, I remember. Um, you know, just stuff like that. Okay. He, he had just seen Peaky Blinders and he was like really jacked up about it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> All right. See, those little things, I love those little, because it's so relatable. My brother's yelled yeah. at me that I haven't watched Peaky Blinders yet, but um, I, I just watched Pam and Tommy. I don't know if that counts. How was it? Honestly, it was really good. I know. Really? I know Pam and Tommy, uh, like I know them, Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee, they're very much against it. And I I watched it with a grain of salt, you know, things, the obvious of the tape being stolen like that, but it was so good. The actors were on point. I wanted more episodes, honestly. So, nice. Uh, if you're on a third That's time, cool. let me know what you think about it. All right. I'll check it out. <laughs> uh, very cool. Anything on the, cause you're obviously in the middle of a tour. Anything else on the, are you writing right now? Or is there anything we can look forward to from dirty honey? Yeah, we, we always, um, we always sound check, um, uh, you know, some new stuff. Um, every day I'm sure we'll do it today. So, uh, yeah, there's always a constant writing process happening and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of anxious to see if we get one of them like fully done before the tour is over and like play it. I think we will. Okay. That's cool. Uh, I'll, I'll yeah. have to end here though. Um, what's your favorite, who's your favorite penguin of all time? I need to ask. I mean, of all time. Yeah. All time. Oh man. Just cause he's on the team. It's gotta be Sid right now. Three cups. I mean, come on. Okay. All right. I was hoping for a Lemieux or flurry. Younger. Flurry would have been a close second. Okay. All right. Maybe you're a little younger. How, do you mind if I ask how old you are? <laughs> I'm, I'm. Well, these days I'm closer to thirty than I am twenty now. So fuck. Oh, fair enough. I think that's why. All right. You know what? I don't know why. <laughs> I was like, we're, I think I, I consider myself younger still in my head, and not realizing I'm like a year and a half away from forty. So all right. Oh shit. Yeah, you missed. Well, you you carry it well. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> You're you, welcome. You missed the Yager years. You missed the mullet years. Those were the... the, the yeah, years. yeah. No, I've seen the pics, of course. Um, he was, he was like 90s. Yeah, he was... That was super... I wasn't... He might have been on the team in the late 90s. I know he came back for a while, and here's what's great. You know, he's still playing, just not in the NHL. Yeah, yeah, no, I saw I saw him do a video to Opie the other day. Right? Weird. Isn't that oh yeah. Man. I I guess yeah, awesome. Oh, I love that. All right, very cool. 
Well, Mark, thank you so much for your time. I hope we get to do this again. Just continue success. I hope you have a, a you know continued great tour. I'm sure I'll see you out when you're you know completely on the East Coast. I know you're in Middle America right now uh, to see you. Uh, Come to New York City, man. We'll be there a couple weeks. Yeah, right on. You and uh, Mammoth WVH, just two of the best rock bands in uh, on the planet today. So just thank you so much for your time. All right, man. Be good. Mark's a really cool dude. I was looking forward to this second uh, conversation this time around. And for those of you who don't like hockey, sorry. <laughs> I had to take the opportunity to to talk hockey. Any chance that I get, especially with a rock star, it's just so fun. And just to figure out if he did have an opportunity to, you know, how good he was. And I, I didn't know about lacrosse. Uh, being from Long Island myself, and since he, he mentioned he, has, he knows a lot of people from Long Island, lacrosse is huge. There, absolutely. And you can go pro. I mean, a- absolutely. But yeah, with that voice and his talent, yeah, I obviously start a band and do that. But to talk about something else that you can connect on, you know, and that's a, what he did when he met Axel, connecting on Netflix. Don't I ask that question verbatim sometimes to to guess? Like, what are you watching right now? I know it's so silly and maybe even a lazy question, but. We all do it. We're all watching something. Even it brings up an answer of, I'm not watching TV. I'm reading books. It's just going to solicit something that you could relate to on that level and that you might not get from every interview where they're just talking about the music or whatever they're promoting. So this was a lot of fun to, to speak with Mark. And we'll see if we get an extended interview with Wolfgang Van Halen as well. Nothing cooking. Just putting it out there in the universe as we spoke to Mark and Wolfgang, um, I don't know, like a month or so ago for, for 10 minutes to kick off the tour. So it was really nice to talk to Mark on the road that it worked out. And let me say, before I wrap up this episode, thanks for all the kind words about the Beth Hart interview. That was, it's a lot to take in. She is just an awesome person, doesn't hold anything back, and made my job easier and helped me bring my guard down to create a better interview to ask those certain questions or to talk about a certain topic in a certain, in a, in a, in a way that I, I perhaps might not have been comfortable if she wasn't as cool as, as she was. So if you haven't checked it out, a uh, recent interview with Beth Hart, what is to come though on the podcast? I could tell you this, we're going to be talking to Def Leppard drummer, Rick Allen, along with his wife, Lauren Monroe, Lauren and Rick are on tour right now uh, for my my friends, my bad apples in New York. Here in New York with me, or if you're in Philadelphia, if you're in the Washington D.C. area, they're on tour doing this really awesome art show with music and wine. So uh, we'll be talking to them about that. Of course, our six degrees of GNR bacon and anything else that that comes up. I'm actually going to use the opportunity to talk to them about marriage, get some marriage advice. I mean, if they've been together for a while, they're out there literally making beautiful music together. Maybe they got uh, some some fun tips for me. We'll see. Uh, so that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. The conversation continues in between broadcasts. Appetite, uh, we are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. Uh, follow and subscribe on YouTube. You can always leave a review on Facebook um, or if you listen on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. If there's an, you know, a, a place to leave a comment or a review, please do so. I, I see them, and I, I thank you. I try to at least acknowledge them, like them. I don't always have time to 
give a, a full response that some of your your comments deserve, but I at least definitely acknowledge every single message that gets to me. And again, all the the lovely comments about the Beth Hart interview, because as I mentioned after I spoke with her in that same episode, just wasn't sure how it was going to be received due to the nature of some of the, you know, other than the six degrees of GNR bacon, we spoke about some serious stuff, <laughs> which I'm, you know, I'm okay with. And everybody is, but I think we've got a good crew here on Appetite for Distortion. So that does it. Uh, when will we see the next episode? In the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, you'll see it, I don't know, as soon as the word. Thanks to the lame ass security, I'm going home. <laughs>